with another episode of Raging Nerds, where we'll rage all over your eardrums. This week, we have a special guest, uh, Mr. Justin Corbett. Hey, guys. <laughs> As always, <laughs> I am Thirsty, and we have my lovely host, John. Yes, I am still here. <laughs> he's, he's so lovely. He is so lovely. So wonderful. <laughs> wonderful and lovely. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Oh. <laughs> um... <laughs> But Justin Corbett is with us here today because uh, he's like my number one comic guy. He's pretty much like the only person I know that's like knows everything about comics. Well, I used to run a comic book podcast for about four years. Yes, so that too. I am kind of tuned into the industry. Yes, and tell me, tell me how much again you're spending a year on comics when you're doing that? It was like twelve k. That's crazy. <laughs> Holy crap, Batman. 12,000. Yeah, he told me about that. So if you've ever been to this dude's house, right? Okay, so he has literally a whole closet, whole closet full of comic books. Nothing but comic books. It is it is absurd. Anyway, so he also writes his own comic book, Speak I No do. Evil. It's really good. They just finished writing um, episode three. Call it episode three, <laughs> but volume three, whatever you want to call it. Issue three. Issue three, yeah. whatever. <laughs> anyway, so tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so Speak No Evil is co-written by me and a guy named George Tripsis, who's also my co-host on the Mind Fudge Comedy pa- Podcast. Um, so Speak No Evil is about two brothers in the 1930s that find a cabin in the woods that used to be used by H.P. Lovecraft and Nikola Tesla for all sorts of weird experiments. And the boys find it and start playing with the equipment inside and accidentally open a portal to another dimension, letting a whole bunch of monsters through. And then instead of doing the right thing and trying to shut it down, they figure out how to make money on the situation. And they start going from town to town, releasing more monsters and telling the townspeople, hey, we'll save you guys from this. But we're not going to do it unless you pay us. So it's very much like a action, horror, comedy sort of storyline. Uh, a lot of Evil Dead influences, a lot of Ghostbusters influences. Um, it's a lot of fun. We finished issue three. We kickstarted one, two, and three, but we finished issue three a couple months ago. Uh, I was a little bit delayed because of the hurricane and because of my personal life and things like that. But uh, we finally have the printed copies in hand. So we'll be at Comic Blues in Houston with issue three. And uh, Kickstarter backers should be getting their copies pretty soon. So how many times have you said that? Oh, like thousands. <laughs> it's well rehearsed. Thousands and thousands. <laughs> into Comic Palooza. Like we have said, pretty much every episode, we are going to be there. Um, it's coming up in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, May 25th through 27th. Yep, sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> oh, the fun that will be had, and I'm already getting my provisions ready. Are you? Yes. What, what, have, you, what have you brought so far? Well, the, you know, the main thing, two liters of whiskey. Okay, yes. And other wonderful things, you know, some snack foods, stuff like that, so I can survive on the con floor. And also with my wonderful camera bag, it has a two-liter camel pack in it. And no, it will not have whiskey. It's going to have water because that's what you need when you're walking around the entire time. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Uh, So we're going to go as podcasters. Uh, John and I are going to be doing Raging Nerds, of course. And Justin Corbett is going to be doing... What? You say my last name every time. Do I? I'm sorry. It's so formal. And Justin will also be there with his podcast, Mind Fudge Comedy Podcast. I personally listen to it every week. It's good shit. Uh, so we're excited. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, let's get this episode started already. Uh, so for Around the Net, we got some stuffs. And now we go around the net. Okay, so TV shows, guys. I swear, every comic book nowadays has their own TV show. I mean, it's just way oversaturated, and at this point where we're going, it's we're, it's going to burn out real quick. You think we're going to hit a critical mass? Yes. I thought we hit that when there were Vampirella had its own show. <laughs> well, I mean, just like with zombies and vampires, like you remember a year or so ago, everything was vampires. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years before that, everything was zombie. I Zombie came out, Walking Dead came out, a um, couple other zombie shows came out. So this is just right up there with it. 
There's a lot more diversity in the superhero things, though. I mean, some of them are stories about teenagers coming into their own. Some of them are about, you know, traditional superheroes. Some of them are anti-heroes. There's a lot more diversity than just a vampire story or a zombie story. So I I do think at some point we're going to hit some kind of critical mass, but I don't think we're quite there yet. How many, how much longer, how much longer do you think? Um, I think when people start getting tired of the traditional superhero stuff, there's going to be less interest in everything else. But with the untraditional superhero stuff, they're making those movies. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we have Deadpool, we have all those shows, movies coming out, and those are more of the anti-heroes and all that. A show that I'd like to kind of point to is Legion. Mm-hmm. Um... It's about a mutant who's completely unsure what is reality and what is his ability kind of warping things around him. So it's portrayed in this very interesting way where you're trying to figure out what's real and what's not. So the superhero stuff is kind of secondary to the good stuff. So I think if they keep making shows like that, it'll keep people interested. But if you keep doing Daredevil and Arrow and Gotham, um, as good as those have been... They're really just superhero shows that are kind of generic at this point. So I'm going to stand up for Gotham right now. <laughs> I love Gotham. Uh, I don't know about Arrow, though. I think I tried to watch an episode and I stopped myself. More like saved myself. But I mean, a lot of people like Arrow. So I can't I can't knock it. The Runaways are really good. I have yet to get into Punisher, even though I love the lead actor, John. He's amazing. You'd have to watch... All the Marvel Netflix stuff first to really understand what's going on. I know, I know. And just for the record, I'm not knocking Gotham or Arrow. Like, I watched the first three seasons of Gotham. I watched the first four or five seasons of Arrow. They're both great shows. It's just they become very repetitive. Yeah, just like with any TV shows. Yeah, it gets kind of old. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, the writers get bored and they start just rehashing old stuff. But I have to say, though, with uh, Arrow, I think I've watched a total of two episodes. <laughs> Same, Same. Th- And Gotham. And then Gotham. No, I haven't watched any. It's, you know, it's really good. I started binge watching it. See, I get into most of my stuff by binge watching because there's nothing else to do. And I start and I realize I'm in love with the show. Uh, I haven't caught the last couple of episodes of Gotham. But it's really good. I really like the first couple seasons. Those were the best seasons. Uh, the season after that, eh, you know, it was okay. But it's a good show. It's a solid show. Okay. He bought, he'll keep having me want to watch all these things. Like, I got to get through the other lists of stuff first. And <laughs> I'd rather read the comics on a lot of these. You definitely should. <laughs> I, I hate to be that person, but the comics are always better. I really believe that. Um, as a person who watch the show The Walking Dead and then I read the comics. I love the comics so much more. And people are like, oh, that's so weird. Usually it's the other way around if oh, you watch the show first. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, I've been a fan of The Walking Dead comic series since, like, issue number 20. Mm-hmm. And the TV series didn't come out until it was well past 80 or 90. Yep. So most people who are exposed to it for the first time are exposed to the TV show. And then they go back and they read the comics and they just have this real dense perspective on it where they're like, there's no Daryl. This is terrible. (laughs) It's frustrating. So it's really refreshing to hear your perspective. Everyone loves Daryl. Don't get me wrong. We all do. I do. I don't. Um, I hate him. (laughs) I have. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I actually have a Daryl vest. I got it for my birthday. I had um, a Walking Dead birthday theme party. That's cool. And my siblings bought me all Walking Dead stuff. And so I got like a tin poster and then a little leather Daryl vest. Uh, (laughs) But the comic is so much better. Oh, yeah. It really is. So with the theme that you had, though, for that birthday, would you randomly just start, like, have pinatas set up where you'd just be stabbing, stabbing them as zombies? Just take your rage out on a pinata? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I do have a crossbow now, but I didn't back then. So. Nice. We should um, go use the crossbows because I got one, too. But that's about it for Around the Net, which leads into questions. It's a time for questions. Okay, so we got a couple questions in from Facebook. The first one is, favorite comic book series? Mine's The Walking Dead. (laughs) If you haven't guessed that already. Hmm. For me, it'd be Green Lantern. 
I've heard that's really good. I personally haven't read Green Lantern. Who's your Who's your favorite Lantern? Mine, Kyle Rayner. Okay. Just because whenever the ring found him, he was behind the bar puking his guts out. I'm more of a Guy Gardner guy, but I get it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy Gardner, he's pretty much a good Green Lantern, nice little jackass, but gets the job done. He's also like what is he a NYPD cop, I believe. Initially, in yeah. regular, yeah. And then Kyle Rayner, he's just a regular guy. Yeah, fighting for fighting when he can, and guys ass beat, puking, and then ring finds him. <laughs> Lanterns are good. Uh, there's a lot of really good Green Lantern stories. Uh, for me, though, I'm way more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy. So my favorite series of all time is Uncanny X Force from Rick Remender. Um, Deadpool is one of my favorite characters, and it really shows a more human version of him that you see in a lot of other stories. Plus, it's just a great team, and they kick a lot of ass, and it has great art. So, I recommend that pretty highly to everybody. Nice. So, with our second question, favorite comic book series adapted to a television show? Hmm. Hard to say, really. Because, you know, I like Green Lantern. And there's, of course, obviously Wolverine, because he's the most badass of all the X-Men. But the TV so, show, there's there was only like the animated Wolverine series, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wolverine and the X. You like the animated, <laughs> John? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the the nineteen ninety nine X Men. It's amazing. First of all, because I watched. Okay. Um, I really like Legion. I like what they did with it. I like that it's so dark. I heard that the comics are way more darker, though. They are Legion. It's fantastic. I, yeah. I love what the way they presented everything in it. Um, and I love who they cast for everything. It's really good. I love the head actor. He was in Downton Abbey. See, I didn't watch that. I think of all the uh, comic book adaptations, I think Preacher is probably my favorite. Because they took liberties with it, but nothing that drastically changed the progression of the story. Um, they had to alter some things for TV. Like Walking Dead does, too. Mm-hmm. But Walking Dead is so far skewed Walking from where Dead the books are. Walking Dead is just not even... I stopped watching... So, I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, but I haven't even seen... I haven't seen this season's Walking Dead, and I didn't watch the last couple of episodes of the season before, which is mind-boggling to my family, because I got them into Walking Dead, and they... It's just been bad. It's just been so bad. It's yeah. it's just... It's strayed so much from the comic. There's a reason the comic is still going on. I understand having, like, you want to have your own story, but come the F on. Well, you're going to hate me. All the listeners are going to hate me, too. I stopped watching watching Walking Dead probably about halfway through second season. See, I can see that because they don't have the original director from season one. Whenever you watch season one and then you watch season two, you can just tell by the cinematography that it's different. Everything's different. It looks different. It everything was different. Season one was amazing. Season two was good. Season three, okay. And then just from then, it just like kept going worse and worse. It was, it was and pretty worse. much all bad until season five, <laughs> and then it got a, Rick. Rick became Rick, who he's supposed Rick to be. Rick finally did. I don't know. I feel like Carl never became the badass no, that he was supposed to be. He really didn't. I really, I really think that because Carl. You know, they could have done something with those twins. They could have done something, and they kind of did with the girls. But that, 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 that. Carl should have killed a little sociopath. Yeah, that was, that was Carl's kill right there. Okay? Not Carol's. Okay, Carol died (laughs) in, like, the very beginning in jail in the comic book. Okay, guys? Sorry. It happened. She was crazy. She deserved Mm. it. (laughs) Um, But do you prefer heroes or anti-heroes? That is a fun question right there. Because, you know, you got the heroes where it's like, okay, all Boy Scout-ish and everything else. Uh, That's not believable. You got to have the anti-heroes, the ones that are out for themselves. I agree. I like anti-heroes more because they're more, I guess, personal. You can identify with them more. um, And then you bond with them over their struggle as well. I think the best characters in all literature are mercenaries. Characters that are solely out for themselves, have completely selfish agendas, because it's not realistic. You can't have people that are completely selfless. There's, there's got to be some, you like, know, like Superman, like Superman, Spider Man. 
but they're boring. They're not that interesting. Yeah. Bat- yeah. Batman is a hero that kind of sometimes verges on the anti-hero, but his motivations are revenge, even though it's not revenge on the person that he's mad at. It's revenge on all the people that are ruining his city. So, I don't know. I like people's selfish motivations in comics. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of like Batman in the early days of the comic was in Detective Comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't let people live. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win a fight, Superman or the Hulk? Oh, okay. That one, I think it's going to be a draw, really, because... Like with Superman, okay, it's an unstoppable force. So is the Hulk. <laughs> I mean, I think the Hulk would win. I mean, not the Hulk, but Superman would win, right? But they had this in a comic, right? They did a comic about Superman versus Hulk. Well, Superman's DC and Marvel's the Hulk. So uh-huh. they've never really yeah. met in comics. Who met? Who, who did they have in the comics? It was like something versus Hulk. I mean, Hulk's fought a lot of people. Oh my god. No, there's yeah. one. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> um, I think it would be Superman. I mean, he's faster than fucking light. I mean, Hulk's uh, strength is limitless. So he can continue yeah. getting madder and madder and stronger and stronger. So eventually, in the right situation, the Hulk would win. Uh, that said, Superman could disable him fairly easily, just grab him by the pinky. Fly as fast and as hard as he can, <laughs> throw him into the deep space, and then he's not a problem anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, so I win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's basically how Superman beats Doomsday every time, and the Hulk and Doomsday are very similar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, the question is are we dealing with Green Hulk or Gray Hulk? I mean, Green Hulk's a lot stronger. Yeah. Gray Hulk's just kind of cool. Joe, fix it. <laughs> Oh, I'm not going to like this next question because it's just going to hopefully not be chock full of spoilers because I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen the Infinity Wars? No, I have not. What? No. Why? Um, because... Yeah, John, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Jeez. Trying to, trying to hook up with the girl? Priorities, no. man. Priorities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing your priorities right, man. Chicks will be there. They'll be there. Trust me. It's okay. Um, but our next question is, how did you feel about Avengers Affinity War and its change from the comics? Um, I did not read the comics. I'm very particular with my comics. Um, I like superheroes and supervillains, but I really like comics that are more, I guess, real. Something that could really happen. I don't really like fantasy. Okay. Yeah. Um, this coming from someone who plays Final Fantasy. Okay, those are video <laughs> games, bitch. This is not reading. So. <laughs> reading is they're different. Still, okay. They're still reading in that game. Okay, video game is different. These are two different <laughs> subjects, sir. <laughs> uh, but I don't have an answer from that. Um, without any spoilers, what do you think the main differences are? Well, I. Even if you haven't seen it, you know that Thanos is going around trying to collect the Infinity Stones and kill everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in the comics, uh, death is a physical manifestation. She's one of the ultimate powers of the universe, and Thanos is completely in love with her. So he's trying to make her fall in love with him by eliminating half the life in the universe as gift to her. So uh, that's his motivation in the comics. In the movie, his motivation is that he's doing it to save the universe because everybody is wasting resources and using up things faster than they you know, can create things. And uh, every single civilization and solar system, society, they're all struggling because they're taking more than they can produce. So his answer is to eliminate half the life and then everything will flourish. Everybody will be good for another 100 or 200 years. Um so it's a big change in his motivation because it, it turns him from being a very selfish person who's doing it to win the hand of the woman he loves to kind of this philanthropist in a really fucked up, weird way. And a lot of people were saying after they saw this that they could understand why he wanted to kill people. And people felt bad. They are like, wow, man, I kind of really know why he wants to do this. But that's like a huge point to take and 
adapt their movie. I think that it would have been too hard unless they had a whole movie that focused on the cosmic universe of Marvel and showed how death exists and things like that. Um, they really would have had to work on building up the romantic relationship between Thanos and death. Uh, they couldn't just kind of shoehorn it into the storyline. they completely changed his character, in my like personal opinion. Oh, they did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, isn't that... That would affect the whole universe. It, it does. It does. <laughs> but it was really well done. It and was. No, it was a great movie. Do not get me wrong. Marvel has made a lot of changes for the cinematic universe compared to what they have going on in the comics. But, I mean, almost all of the changes they made have been for the better. Um, I think they do a lot of focus grouping. I think they talk to people that are legit fans of their products before they make any kind of changes. Because they don't want to do anything that's going to upset their base. So, they tend to make really good decisions on the changes they made. Like, I'm... I was completely fine with Thanos' motivations in the movie. It was different, but it was well done, and it made sense. Um, it made sense to a more mass audience that's not as familiar with the behind-the-scenes kind of things I that are going on. That. So I'm completely fine with that. I wish DC would uh, take a page out of Marvel's book and start doing that with some of their movies, because the whole, my name, my mom's name is Martha, your mom's name is Martha <laughs> thing doesn't really work. You know, I mean, when you change motivations, they have to, like, make sense. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do see where you're coming from in that point, and that's another thing that a lot of people don't like is they try to cram so much in their movies, and by doing that, they have to cut some stuff out, but which I'm, makes not it... really though. Look at Infinity War. Look how many moving parts were Infinity War. Mm-hmm. There was seventy right. superheroes or but something. They adapted to it. And every single one of them got screen time, and every mm-hmm. single storyline made sense. But and I, what D, DC's not doing that. That's what I'm that's saying. What, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. possible to be done. Right. DC just doesn't have any idea how to right. do it. <laughs> I mean, that's right. <laughs> Hence, look at the Green Lantern movie. That piece of crap. <laughs> uh, I mean, I really, I really think that they try to take. I don't know what they try to do with Green Lantern. I really don't. Well, it can't be uh, Ryan Reynolds again. <laughs> committed to Deadpool at this point. Uh, oh my gosh! So who else? Need... Who else did he play? Is he the only? Is that the only superhero character? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that's just. Uh, he played Blade Sidekick and Blade Trinity. He did do that. He did yeah. Green Lantern, and then he did Deadpool. That's exactly. Uh, I think if oh, they yeah. do ever bring Green Lantern back, they need to bring back like John Stewart, like the Black. Oh Green God! Lantern. God, yes. Yeah, the the one Green Lantern who was not afraid to not wear a mask. Yeah, but it can't. The, it cannot be Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That'd be kind of weird. Ryan Reynolds being black and they have to dye him and everything. It'd be weird. <laughs> I like you went straight to blackface. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> if you if you were abducted by a super by a super villain, what comic book hero would you hope would save you? I'm still going to go with Green Lantern, <laughs> but the squirrel one. <laughs> squirrel Green Lantern. Okay. Uh, well, then I'll go with Squirrel Girl. <laughs> there we go. Oh, my gosh. Um, gosh. No, no. I would say Batman. It's 100% <laughs> Batman. Like, if you have a choice of who's going to save you, you always pick Batman because he never loses. And he always has a contingency plan for everything. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I like Superman. But yeah, I would pick Superman. Superman's a good guy. He's died, come back. I mean, I knew he I know he would try super hard, and even if he didn't like me, he would try to save me. Because some people just don't like me. So it's okay. <laughs> Who doesn't like you? There's lots of people. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe that either. Well, but the good, but the thing is, with Death of Superman, where he came back, they actually brought about a whole bunch of new characters, like, like um, Super Kid, like Kid Superman and Metallo. No, that was actually a pretty good character right there. Yeah. There's a lot of things that uh, DC kind of glossed over with the whole Death of Superman thing, but... That's what we were talking about before, the changes. Which do you prefer, Marvel or DC heroes? Ooh, Justin? Oh, <laughs> I absolutely prefer Marvel heroes. Uh, I think DC probably has better villains, but Marvel has way better heroes. I'm, 
I, I think the same thing. I think that DC is very old school, I guess, if you want to say it. Um, I mean, whatever you think of superheroes, who do you think of? Batman, Superman. I mean, those are your go-to people, right? See, I think of Spider-Man and the X-Men. See, I don't, I mean, I don't, is X-Men really superheroes, though? That's like a yeah. task force. It's a task force. It's what I Yeah, but it's reading. still superheroes. I guess so. But whenever I think of superheroes, I always think of, like, you know, Superman, Batman. Um, so I always, that's, I guess, where I come from. But as an adult, I prefer the stories that I see from Marvel. Yeah. And the Marvel, the Marvel, the Marvel universe is ever changing too, which is awesome. They have so many, um, what is it, alternate universes, tangents, you know, a bunch of stuff going on. There's honestly like a lot of great characters with both publishers. Yeah. Uh, most of my favorite characters are Marvel because I grew up reading Marvel, but at the same time, I totally love Batman and everything that's in the Batman world. <laughs> so there's a lot of good stuff. I grew up reading DC, so that's where the fun part for me comes in. But I do like the the whole thing with the Red Lanterns and Atrocitus constantly going after the Green Lanterns. I, I, I liked like all that. of the uh, Black as Night stuff. I oh, love God, Larflees. Yes. Larflees is one of my favorite characters. The Orange Lantern. Uh huh. His uh, his power is greed. <laughs> <laughs> Mine. <laughs> He just collects stuff from everywhere in the universe. Anything he sees he wants, he just takes. Interesting. And the more greed he has, the stronger he is. Hmm. Every other Lantern Corps, like the Green Lanterns, mm-hmm. it's a huge group of people that police the universe. Right, I know. The Red Lanterns, it's a huge group of people. Yeah. There's one Orange Lantern because he's the only one that can... He wants his ring so much, nobody else can have one. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he's just got a stockpile of the orange rings all, all just piled up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Yellow Lanterns, which are all powered by fear. That was, that was actually a good little story arc right there with Sinestro and the... Yeah, they expanded the universe really well with that stuff. Yeah. If you could have the powers of any comic book hero, what would you choose? I'll take the Green Lantern ring. <laughs> I think I'd take the Green Lantern ring, too. I don't know. I mean, Superman, he just gets recharged by the sun. I mean, I might take Deadpool's powers. I mean, I mean, regeneration. I mean, that's healing it. factor. <laughs> yeah, but then you'll have you'll you'll have like that cheese, the pizza face the entire time. It's we're just, just saying take. Yeah. We're just saying take the powers. Yeah, you don't have to take his cancer. Exactly. You don't think <laughs> <cancer>. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, he flies. X-ray vision. Um, yeah, well, but can, brought down by make, a green rock. He can make the Earth rotate on the other way. See, the thing that is, though, and I'm going to get super nerdy. Super nerdy. He's a Kryptonian, <laughs> which is why he can live with all that stuff. If you're a human and you gave him all those abilities, he would go completely insane because you couldn't be able to turn off things like x-ray vision or super hearing. You'd hear everything that was going on all the time and see everything that's going on all the time, and you'd go berserk. But a lot of the X-Men people are humans, and they're born with abilities. And they slowly gain them over time. No, no, no. If you're you're you, and then all of a sudden you have Superman powers, you're going to go completely crazy. Okay, okay, okay. And become the villain. So how about the people in Legion, where that one guy, he thought he was just crazy his whole life, and he was, like, medicated, and then finally he got off his medication and realized his powers, and then he, as an adult, he learns how to control them. He's an Omega-level mutant where he could eradicate all of humanity on accident. Mm. So he had to learn to control them. I can do it. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, don't question this. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to have to get one of those little helmets that Magneto has. (laughs) Uh, How would you use your newfound powers? Uh, I I wouldn't drive to work anymore. That would save me so much money. <laughs> That's true. Ooh. Well, I would have really to go... Uh, rings. Yeah, I'm going to have to go, like, just... I'd be a Sith. That's just what that would happen. I'd be the villain. He'd be the villain. He'd be powers for evil. <laughs> of course! It's the human nature! May the fourth be with you. <laughs> I would I would totally abuse my powers. I don't know if I'd go evil though, but I would I would abuse the heck out of him. Oh yeah, mercenary style. Yes. You know I'd be like, that lady said that she was in the back room checking on something. Let me see. Pew pew pew. No, <laughs> she's not. She's on her phone. Ma'am. 
and then you use your la- your yeah, your laser really eyes and incinerator. I would make sounds like that whenever I use my powers. Oh, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I would pew 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 pew. Take that, guys. Pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> How tech can help. How tech can help. So, I found 10 real life technologies that will turn you into a superhero. These are all things that are going on or in current development in the world today. The first one is a flying exosuit, which gives you the superhero power of Iron Man. Uh, Richard Browning created the exosuit by combining three sets of miniature jet engines and attaching them to his arms and back. He controls his speed and direction by changing the direction of the engine's thrust using only his upper body. There is no other steering me- mechanism because that's not going to be a problem. Sounds like a good way to get ripped apart. <laughs> if you oh, that would be picture, fun right there. If you see the picture of this guy, it looks like he has like metal look mini engine strapped to his body and he's mm-hmm. just like this. So just this, the prototype that he made was $250,000. Just the prototype. It. That is crazy. And no, but it looked like he could totally be ripped, ripped limb from limb. Well, we'll just power that by a Raspberry Pi 3. It'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I can see so many things going bad with that. But think about it. You fly around everywhere. That'd be the best villain ever. (laughs) I'm going to turn everything into a villain these days. (laughs) Oh, let's see here. Then we got the other one, which is a self-healing that's going to be interesting. The U.S. military is developing tiny implants that can indeed help humans heal themselves. Although maybe not from a duel like with Lord Sinjin, the electrical prescri- prescriptions program, or ELEC-RX, seeks to develop miniature implants that could continually monitor a person's physical condition and provide elect- electric stimulus to any systems in need. The devices are so tiny that they can be implanted right at nerve endings with a needle. Unlike today's more invasive technologies, making treatments more targeted. So basically, nanobots. It is. That use electricity (laughs) to stimulate your muscles to heal themselves. Yes, and this would be the superhero power of Wolverine. Oh, that would be fun right there. You know, the FDA would never allow that. Or would they? But it's money. done by military. <laughs> it's it's done, brought to you by the U.S. military and their military dollars. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, if the U.S. military is releasing the fact that they have these, that they have been undoing research on this for at least twenty years. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and they already have a working prototype somewhere. Yeah, that's what they said. They're they said that they're working on it right now. Oh yeah, you know that you know they probably called it fucking Weapon X. <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, comic book nerd in the government <laughs> naming these programs. Guys, found a new project to do. <laughs> we are going to call it Weapon X. <laughs> Why did you call it that? Ah, uh, that's classified. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the next one is the ability to run really fast, uh, which is supposed to mimic the powers of the Flash. So it's a battery-powered jetpack that's worn like a backpack, and it's supposed to help. Uh, or did help one speedy test subject shave 20 seconds off of his mile time, which is already an impressive five minutes and 20 seconds. The technology was originally developed as part of DARPA, and uh, they were looking for ways to make soldiers move faster on the battlefield. And now they're trying to wait, find a way to help athletes improve their performance. Oh, let's just strap a bomb to them. It'll be fun. <laughs> it looked like it. The pictures that they had on there, it was like an actual like mini jetpack kind of. It, it kind of looks like uh, when Sylvester's chasing the... And he's got the thing on his back from Agni. Yes. Oh, Um, God, I remember that. (laughs) So I don't understand how this would help athletes improve. Uh, Muscle memory. If you can run faster, even for a short period of time, Mm -hmm. um, your muscles will supposedly gain the ability to move at that speed. Huh. Interesting. I can definitely see that happening. 
Um, the next one that we have is invisibility, which is the superhero power of an invisible woman. Um, we've heard about those invis- invisibility cloaks for a while now. Um, older attempts at creating invisibility cloaks tried to make objects disappear by bending light around them. But newer technologies are taking different approaches. One uses a new kind of technology called a metascreen that cancels out light waves bouncing off a cloaked object. So far, it only works in microwave light, not visible light. Other reflects light off of an object as well if it were a flat mirror, rendering the cloak object invisible. Now, I've seen the ones that look like mirrors, Mm -hmm. and they look a lot better because the ones, the cloaks that we've had before, they were actually just cameras on the cloak, and it would, you know, copy what was behind you and reflect it onto the front of the cloak. But I like the mirror ones that they have now, where it reflects what's in front of it instead of behind it. But that could be proven in circumstances, you know, not... To be detrimental. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what, why do I see my reflection? What is going on? <laughs> Am I a vampire? What's going on? See, this reminds me of an episode of Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. where a guy, like, working in a science lab, they had this plastic that he wrapped himself in in his mm-hmm. car, so mm-hmm. that would bend light around it, so it would essentially become invisible. Right. Problem was that Spuff was toxic, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like cancerous to his brain. <laughs> wow! I mean, pretty much anything I can imagine being worked around. You gotta, you gotta pay the price to be a superhero. Yes, <laughs> but you still get the discounts on dry cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see here. And with that one, that leads us right into X-ray vision. Thanks to the work of scientists at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or MIT, humans can too. Well, almost. MIT's RF capture system uses shortwave radio signals to track movements through walls and in experiments. Scientists were able to identify 15 people through walls with up to 90% accuracy, tracking their movements within less than an inch. The systems first get the lay of the land and then tracks for changes as in those made by moving humans. See, I saw this, and it looked, I mean, it looked like it, it was x-rays, but it kind of looked like heat vision, too. Looks like Predator. Right? It didn't <laughs> look super accurate. Maybe we were just seeing, like, little preview snippets or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, if I'm not seeing what Superman's seeing, I don't want to see it. I want I full mean, description. I want to see outlines. <laughs> I want to see All everything. you got to really do is get like a comic book from the 1960s and order from the back of them. You know? You oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That's all. It's already Jeez, exists. guys. What, what Technology's been around us? since the 60s. Jeez. We're just see, what's, behind. What's going to be bad, though, it's going to be like the episode of Futurama. We had that little, where Bender's <laughs> holding the gun. He's like, hey, how does this work? Zaps. Zaps fry. Like, ow, my sperm. (laughs) (laughs) Zaps him again. Hey, didn't hurt that time. (laughs) I know. I remember that episode. That was hilarious. (laughs) All right. Well, the next one is super strength, uh, which is supposed to replicate the effects of the Hulk. So if you ever dreamed about having your very own Hulk smash moment of super strength, a new high-tech suit of armor can make that dream a reality. It's called the Tactical Assault Light Operator Suit, or Talos. The suit promises to provide superhero strength with greater ballistic protection, according to the U.S. Army. The robotic suit can also help humans carry greater loads, rendering them super strong. Mm, they're going to take those loads. Yeah, they'll make you super strong. <laughs> uh, oh, that just sounds dirty. <laughs> what? <laughs> take them Hulk loads, baby. Take those Hulk loads. <laughs> That's really cool. I've seen these. They're kind of like exoskeleton suits, mm-hmm. and they're really nifty. They're, um, they're. I know that the armies try to use them, right? Yeah, they've been around for a while. Yeah. Hmm. I remember I see, saw one of the things where they they tested that like years ago because yeah, I got the whenever Iron Man came out, I was like, hmm, I can probably build that. <laughs> well, there was that one dude that built. Um, he built a uh, Fallout themed exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that on uh, the computer in an article. <laughs> Popping a cold one with the boys. 
How's my exosuit? <laughs> now we have teleportation, which is the superhero power of the Nightcrawler. Uh, welcome to the weird world of quantum teleportation. While researchers can't teleport matter across space through the magic of quantum entanglement, a process by which subatomic particles are linked and can communicate instantaneously, even when separated at great distances, they can beam from information from one place to another. So far, scientists have been able to teleport particles between distances of up to 90 miles. And anyone outside the U.S., that's 145 kilometers. <laughs> I believe that's pronounced kilometers. kilometers. Kilo- so whatever. Kilometers. I always say kilometers. Whatever. Kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> Make it like a high. Make a high. We only say miles. <laughs> We live in the U.S., damn it. Miles. I don't, I don't need these Miles, inches, words. kilos. <laughs> the rest of the world is wrong. Kilometers. Okay, it's, we're going to say still, kilometers. It's still going to be like uh, Galaxy Quest. Right? Here, we teleported. It turned inside out, and it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they're not really teleporting anything physical, but they're... Information. Information-wise. They're transporting it fairly quickly. Which is still like a... Huge accomplishment. I know. I can't wait. I can't wait until they start, like, testing out things, and it just, like, turns horrible. Yeah. It will. It'll be, be like the fly. Yeah. That's <laughs> how you get Cronenbergs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but that leads on to, have you ever wanted to walk on walls? Inspired by the sticky feet of geckos. The Pentagon has developed handheld paddles that allow humans to climb walls just like Spider-Man. The paddles were developed to allow soldiers to gain access to higher ground in urban environments. At the same time, researchers at Stanford University created similar climbing paddles, also using gecko-inspired technology. Stanford's device consists of two plates covered with poached stamp-sized tiles covered in tiny rubber hairs. So these paddles, they look like long rectangles, and they look like each row has a bunch of sticky tape balls on them. And so what you do is you, (laughs) so you just rip these off, you slap them on the wall again, and you know those little sticky hands that you had Mm -hmm. as a kid? It's like that, but with metal pads with sticky balls on them. And you're actually using them yourself to climb up? You don't know my life as a child. I could have had like a hundred sticky hands and just like climbing up walls. Look at me, mom. I'm climbing the walls. <laughs> and then the Catholic priest was brought by to do an exorcism. <laughs> Those things never worked anyways. They just stained the walls. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, no, it looks super cool. Um, it looked like the paddles were super heavy though. I don't know if it would be easy to unstick because there was a bunch of actual sticky suction cups right and so not really suction cups but sticky little individual rubber things rubber things and they look like balls that's what they look like and so sticky balls i'm not touching this one with a 10 foot pole (laughs) i wanted to find another word for (laughs) except for i just they look like sticky balls (laughs) you can use the word sphere Okay, they look like sticky spheres. They do. And so I don't know how much energy you have to take to undo all that stickiness and then slap it back on again. That's not making it any better. (laughs) That's that's not making it any better at all. Let's move on. (laughs) Uh, The next power is telekinesis. Researchers at the University of Minnesota have created a brain-computer interface that could let users channel the ability to move objects with their mind. The system allows users to fly a remote-controlled quadcopter with their thoughts. Users wear a cap with attached electrodes that pick up electrical signals from the brain and transmit them to a computer. So basically, you manage to fly around like a little glider with your brain power waves. Yes, yeah, so you wear one of those caps that you had to wear whenever you wanted to get your hair highlightened. It's like one of those little caps that it's like all over your head. Okay. Okay. I would not know that. It's sensors. Anyway, so then it has all this like metal stuff all around it, which are sensors. But this actually works. It does. I remember there was a <laughs> toy that came out mm-hmm. like a year ago or two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was basically this exact same thing. It was a little glider and you could use your brain power to make it move around. That's crazy. Um, I don't know how well it worked. 
Well, it depends I actually, on how smart you are, so that's a I, I actually own that right now. I found that at Goodwill. Does it work? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't put it together yet. <laughs> he oh, puts man. it on and it goes, Zah! <laughs> <laughs> It's like brain fire. <laughs> it, it transports his brain into the little glider. <laughs> and then John has to exist just a little... Oh my god, like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every now and then you can hear this. <laughs> Shit, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> so we have our last one, which is underwater breathing, which is the superpower of Aquaman. Uh, the creators so of- a snorkel? Yes, okay, so... <laughs> Before we go into this, okay, you guys have seen Pokemon. Some. Right. Have you ever seen him when they go snorkeling underwater? No. No. Okay. Is that Snorkelax? Okay. You guys are are something. Anyway, so whenever they go fishing or in the water and deep diving, they wear this snorkel, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a mouthpiece and it has two kind of air filters that stick up on the side. And I always thought that was super cool when I was a kid. I was like, man, is that a real thing? Why don't I have these things? Those things are amazing. Like what Qui-Gon used in Phantom Menace when he dived in the Gungan Swamp? John? That is the movie we should not never be named. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking about. Rest. That movie should never be named. <laughs> <laughs> but, it was, but it was a circle and then it had two prongs, yeah. one here and one here. Anyway, so it looks exactly like the Pokemon air filters that hmm. these people are making. Uh, the creators of Triton claim their artificial gills can let humans breathe underwater for up to 45 minutes at depths of up to 15 feet, 4.5 meters, without the bulky equipment needed for scuba diving, like an air tank. But scientists were skeptical. The device wouldn't be able to function unless swimmers were traveling at superhuman speeds and would still require a sizable tank. They raised $800,000 by a GoFundMe page, which is like crazy. They ended up having to refund all their GoFundMe supporters. Mm -hmm. And then they reopened saying, okay, guys, we're going to make it now. And we're going to sell these for $399. And then they never sold anything. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, the prototype looks really cool. So, <laughs> so essentially you can live like SpongeBob. Yes, pretty much. I mean, but only at 45 minute intervals. But and 15 feet deep. <laughs> it's still a party into the sea, man. I guess. Hey, yeah, that still gets you to Bikini Bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that is it for our superhero powers. And then that leads into my favorite segment of the show. Girl Power! Yes. Ooh, (laughs) she's all dancing. (laughs) So for Girl Power, we are going to talk about... Of course, the subject that always comes up with comics is females in comic books and how they are addressed and or portrayed. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay, Do I need to start this off? Okay. So anyway, so most female characters in comic books are dressed scantily clad, even though they do as much or more fighting than men do. And it's always been a thing where they didn't understand why women dress like that. And so what are your opinions on this? I think it's standard. Like women are portrayed that way in comic books and games and movies. It doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, but it is standard across all types of media Mm -hmm. where women are wearing like skin tight clothes or very skimpy outfits. And like the biggest reason anybody can give for it is that it gives them more maneuverability. (laughs) Bullshit. Like they're more flexible <laughs> than men or something. But uh, it's really just like hypersexualize them to get young boys interested. It really does, honestly. I mean, there is no other reason. Because you see it in video games, you see it in TV, you see it in comics. And it's the over-sexualization of women. And I could understand, let's say, Emma Frost. She <laughs> have... Uh, 
she uses her powers telepathically and she controls people and controls things. And she uses her visual self to kind of sway men and like make them do what she wants. So I could kind of understand where she's coming from. That is okay for her because she uses that against people. But for other superheroes, I don't see the big deal about it. I don't see why they would portray him that way. Well, initially, I think it was done to get more young boys reading comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that is that what you got you in, sir? No. <laughs> um, the fact that I could buy four for a dollar at KB Toys is what I got me. I can see that. I can see that, too. I can see that. Do, have you seen more modesty? In female heroes and comics nowadays? Modern comics are very different than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much people from all classifications, women, transgender people, uh, gay people, non-white people, uh, they all get more representation in comics nowadays where they didn't have much before. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing. Uh, the universes are becoming more diverse. You're seeing a lot more heroes that will inspire kids that can read the comics and see somebody that looks like them or acts like them. Um, it's just better to include everybody and in everything. Because when I was growing up, it was like buff white dudes and scantily clad white women <laughs> and Storm. <laughs> <laughs> and Storm. There we go. And Storm. <laughs> okay. Hey, she's hot. <laughs> Good. So, um, tell me how you feel about Gwen Spidey. Oh, I hate Spider Gwen. <laughs> I know. Talk I have, about it. <laughs> well, okay. So, Spider Verse was a crossover event that happened, and Gwen Stacy. If you've seen the Spider Man movies, you realize who she is, and she died, and it was a very formulative moment in Peter Parker's uh, growth as a hero. So, in this alternate reality. Gwen ends up being bit by the radioactive spider and gains the Spider-Man powers. And Peter Parker just grows on with his life as, you know, a journalist or whatever. So she ends up coming to our reality or the Earth 616 reality, whatever. And uh, you have Peter Parker as Spider-Man and you have Gwen Stacy as Spider-Gwen, which is just the dumbest name. Like Spider-Gwen! <laughs> well... People don't typically put their first name in their superhero. Trademark. Name. It's for trademarking. She she's she's making she's making sure that if anyone tries to take her name, she can get money off of it. That's what it is. No. That's she's a ter- that's a terrible plan. No. She's it's a lawyer's plan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean she could be Spider Girl. She could have been Spider Woman. I know those characters already exist, but they don't exist in her world. Mm. And it would have made sense for her to call herself something like that. How about Spider G? Sure. G Spider. She could wear like big chains and be like, (laughs) yo, I'm Spider G. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, I just, the way she's written just infuriates me. It's, it's dumb. They've done a lot of really dumb things with their storylines. I don't know. It was one of the things that really sort of turned me off to comics was Spider Quinn. Because I was reading a lot of stuff and then she became more and more prevalent. And I just sort of lost interest. So, I don't know. I don't think they're doing a very good job with her. And then they did the same thing with Deadpool. Uh, alternate reality version uh, of Gwen Stacy, who gains Deadpool's powers. So there's Gwenpool. And so it's Gwen Stacy is Deadpool. Yeah, Gwenpool. Yeah, the one with the blonde hair. How did that happen? Like, how would that happen? It was just like... She has her own origin story. But, I mean, she's not hideously deformed. She just is insane, and she wears a costume, and she thinks she's well, a mercenary. Why are they the same character? That sounds like someone I want to date. The same thing they did with Spider Man. Why is it okay for Spider Gwen? Because Gwen was in that like story. Like, is Gwen in the Deadpool story? I've never. No. <laughs> so I just don't understand. Gwen Stacy has been all over the Marvel universe for the last like three years, and I'm just sick to death of her. That sounds so crazy. It's annoying. Wow. Yeah. But leading from that, what is your favorite female comic book hero, or just character for that matter? Uh, Domino. 
I'm excited to see the way the mo- Fox Movie Studios takes her in Deadpool 2 because they've chosen an actress who wasn't on my radar. Uh, they had a lot of people they were considering. Uh, I can't remember the name of the person they cast, but she doesn't seem like Domino, but we'll see. How about you, John? Oh, that's a fun one. Like We were talking about like the, the actress that was playing Domino and frankly, I find her hot. <laughs> she is very pretty. She is very pretty. Well, I think my biggest issue is that Mackenzie Davis mm-hmm. was up for the role. She's the girl from Halt and Catch Fire, and she was in that St. Junipero episode of Black Mirror. Yes. I'm a big fan of her, and I think she would have been such a good choice for Domino. And I don't really know anything about this new girl they cast, uh-huh. so I don't really know what to expect. I love that actress, though. She's I mean, great. I, she's a really good actress. I could definitely see her being like super funny, but also very. I could see banter between her and Deadpool oh, for yeah. sure. She would have been perfect for the role. Yeah. So I'm just hoping this. But new I'm girl excited for this actress though. She looks like. I mean, the clips that I've seen her in, she looks like she's good. She looks more like Vanessa than Domino, in my opinion. Based, I mean. Deadpool's one of my favorite comic characters of all time. Mm-hmm. Even before he became trendy the way he is now. I've read all the comics. It was one of the first things I started collecting when I was a kid. I'm very passionate about Deadpool and the characters surrounding him. So I just hope they get it right. That's all I can say. Yeah. yeah. And John? Hey, that's where the fun part comes in because I've read a few comics. But unfortunately, a lot of the comics that I have do not have many female leads in them that's okay so i mean okay but like let's say we've watched i don't know how many comic book shows are you've read how many comics there's not one female that you like there's storm there is i mean rogue well jubilee (laughs) i mean there's so many there's so many michonne okay exactly michonne's really good psylocke psylocke's my number two she's really good this is going to be a weird analogy for me. I guess it would be the analogy, be the right word for it. Like, okay, you got, the, you got Domino, you got Storm, you got Rogue, you got Jubilee. Which one would least likely kill me is the one I like the most. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean in bed, right? Yeah, we'll just go with that. That works. John's like hot or not. <laughs> and Grant, I... I, I Dang, Mary kill. <laughs> I really do like Storm because, well, Grant, I... Do you like the dark girls? <laughs> but can't take you. No, you can't. And I've been drinking this entire episode, so there we go. <laughs> but you know, a couple of things I would like to see though: the yet storm, you control all weather. That'd be awesome. But I'm always afraid I'm going to get struck by lightning. The rogue girl, she's just going to kill me the next if I try to kiss her. Just because she'll suck all my energy out of me. Jubilee, hey, I get a f- wonderful fireworks show. Like Some that, guys though. like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my person, I'm going to pick Rogue because I've always been told my hair looks like her. Yeah. And so I'm going to go with that. I always like Rogue. Was that yeah. Most character? She's a good Yeah, character. so I guess that would be after she sucked all the power from Ms. Marvel. I think that she's had a rough life. Um, she's she's had to very, She's had to live very detached from people. Because she always has that fear if she gets too close, she could kill them, literally. Yeah. So, I mean, her story is just... It's tragic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. She's a character with a lot of depth. Yes, yes it is. But that is it. That is episode number three of Raging Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, you can always get us on Twitter, Facebook, website. It's all Raging Nerds Pod. Um, we are also on Instagram as well. After this episode, we are going to get on iTunes. We are going to get on SoundCloud. We are going to get on Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're going to do all that and register. So you will see that from us shortly. If you ever want to keep updated, you can check us up on our website or Facebook, which is again, Raging Nerds Pod. Uh, you can check John at Dogfin Studios on Facebook and Twitter, and I also have the email, which is dogfinstudios at gmail.com. Yes, he's also on Instagram. I forgot about that, but yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to contact me personally, again, I'm at Thirsty Erica, E-R-I-C-A, and you can contact Mr. Justin Corbett. Oh, there we go, the full yeah. name again. <laughs> uh, I'm at ComicalJC on Twitter. 
Uh, if you want to check out my comic book, it's available at graybearcomics.com. That's G-R-A-Y. Uh, we can also be found online on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as Grey Bear Comics. And if you want to check out Mindfudge Comedy Podcast, it's at mindfudgecomedy.com or at mindfudgers on Twitter. And their their podcast is on all major streaming medias. Yeah, any podcatcher you can find us. Just do a search for Mindfudge. Yeah. But that's it, guys. Tune in next week for a new episode. Thanks for having me. <laughs>